This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is, what are we, Thursday, 16th of November, 2023. Absolutely the day and date of today. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. <laughs> Sean Priest. <laughs> My sole purpose. People often ask, Sean, why are you even there? Mm. It is to say, Stephen, today is Thursday and it's the 16th. Because every time I don't tell you that, it seems to get stuck somewhere or lost. It's, yeah. it's very good. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, well, best introduction ever, I think. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Honestly, there's so much going on. There's so much going on in the news. Can, can everyone just calm down, please? I, it's funny. It's just the notifications are going crazy. I can, You are so busy at the minute, Stephen Scott. I don't know how you cope. Well, do you know why? Because everyone is developing and creating tools and, you know, announcing stuff. Can you all stop it, please? Yeah, please. Look, I can, I'm a one man here. Try, I'm just a man standing here. Well, I'm You're sitting. Here. Yeah. Uh, In front of a computer uh, telling uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love us. I know. Exactly. I know. That is all I am. <laughs> trying to trying to keep oh. this, this dog and pony show on the road. <laughs> It's going to be an interesting show, listeners. Yeah. Keep listening because, quite frankly, we're already exhausted. Exhausted <laughs> hasn't even started yet. Yes. But lots to talk about today because, of course, big news from Be My Eyes. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, also, we're going to pick up on yesterday's conversation. We were talking about the whole switch from Mac to Windows. Uh, Callum's here with his story uh, of a similar journey that he's about to undertake. And uh, first time, uh, well, not first time listener. I've been listening a while, but uh, first time contributor, Caitlin has got in touch and uh, she is going to be giving us a demo of using Lady A as a shopping device. This kind of follows up on something we talked about recently. So that great demo. And I'm so glad you sent it in, Caitlin. Thank you for that. We'll get that on today as well. And uh, you might remember Kyla Golden. He's one of the youth, the youth Mm. out there. Uh, we're going to hear from him a bit later. He's got a bit of a news update for us. I think he's after Grace Scofield's gig at the weekend. I think so as well. It's a different take to it. I'll definitely it is say a bit. That. Yes, I think I think definitely. I would say a different production value yes. uh, from Kyler, as uh, you'll understand later when I play this to you. Uh, so we're going to get into that. Also, big news from Humanware and TuneIn as well. So goodness me, lots to get through. So shall we start? Where do we Where do we begin with this breaking news? What? Oh. Yeah, that was. Well, well done, Rob. Breaking Thank you. Yeah, let's try that again. There we go. The, 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 bro- the breaking news is broken. That's how much breaking news there is. That button has been hammered. Um, I'm going to start with Be My Eyes because it's a big story. Uh, introducing AI-powered customer support. If you read our website, www.doubletaponair.com, where you can catch up with all of this news as it comes in as uh, fast as we can get it to you. Uh, that is where you'll read this story. It's a brilliant story, actually, about uh, Be My Eyes uh, continuing the work to develop Be My AI, the uh, tool, of course, which leverages OpenAI's GPT-4 vision model to offer vivid image descriptions and now resolve customer service inquiries with a high degree of success, according to the company. And this oh. uh, new service is now available globally via Microsoft's Disability Answer desk, yes, globally. 
as well. Now, uh, okay, there, there was a lot of words in there. Can mm-hmm. you break that down to me? I, I got a little bit lost. Did you? You got lost yeah. in that? Okay, well, let me explain this. Uh, so, you know you know customer support, right? I, I am aware of them. You've yes. heard of this? Uh, you've heard of Microsoft's <laughs> Disability Answer Desk? Uh, well, now it is available in AI form. So we're not actually talking to any support staff, human beings. We are just talking to the AI. Is that correct? Human beings? Human beings. I know. I'm sorry. Or, or as, I, as I call them, uh, you know, people classic, uh, <laughs> because that's now clearly a thing. Um, and, you know, robots are indeed taking over. Yeah, uh, you're not talking to people anymore. You're talking to AI. But look, hey, I'm not saying this is a bad thing as long as we've got the choice, right? Because there's so many questions that could be answered simply by an AI. Um so as long as we still got the choice to choose, you know, we're not being forced to AI only, then absolutely fantastic. Well, there is a video, uh, which is great, and even better, it's audio described as well. So oh. uh, that is on our uh, website. You can go and have a, a look at it, but you can also listen to it right here. Let's actually listen in and uh, discover a bit more about what this service is. A hand holding a phone, exploring specialized help on Be My Eyes. Be My Eyes connects people who are blind or have low vision with sighted volunteers and companies. A young girl using a laptop. She then walks towards two adults in a kitchen. Early in 2023, we partnered with OpenAI to implement one of the first visual models of ChatGPT4. We call it Be My AI. Sam Altman, CEO of OpenAI, speaking in front of a large audience at the OpenAI Dev Day. Behind him, a big screen shows the interface of Be My AI. Be My Eyes uses this technology to help people who are blind or have low vision with their daily tasks like identifying products in front of them. A person at the beach taking a picture of the sea with a smartphone. Users can get a detailed description of images and ask further questions to a dedicated AI assistant. Plain background. Screenshots of examples of Be My AI being used on Microsoft's Disability Answer Desk start appearing on the screen. More recently, we have been testing Be My AI with Microsoft, where Be My AI was implemented in Microsoft customer service experiences to handle all types of requests without human assistance. It yielded stunning results. Over 90% calls resolved without any human intervention. 68% reduction in call handling times. An old man using a smartphone and increased customer satisfaction ratings. Be My Eyes user Andy Lane talking in front of the camera. He is sitting at a desk and wears a grey sweater. I've been using the new Be My AI-powered Microsoft Help Desk for a few months now. It's been absolutely incredible. This is just the beginning. Be My Eyes. So uh, that video is stopping and starting, by the way, because they uh, recorded that. So it meant that we could stop and start so that, you know, they, they could fit in the description, just in case you wondered what was going on there. Um, yeah, made sense. Yes. But no, good. I mean, really good. And I think it explains a bit more about what the, the relationship is and how this has all come to be. But ultimately, yeah, this is about developing an AI customer service. Now, this is something which actually for, for many people out there, uh, this could be really useful. This is, I mean, this is something obviously for us as blind people through Be My AI. This could be brilliant and really helpful to us. But actually, this could become a global phenomenon, and I think will eventually become a global phenomenon uh, because this is how 
customer service will go, um, along with all the jobs. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> but, yeah. I, I, uh, yes. I, I, look, that's obviously a place people are going to jump to. Mm. But for me, currently, c- customer support is... Mm. I, I'm kind of leaning towards not fit for purpose a lot of the time. The amount of time you spend on hold actually trying to get through. And if this can help with that, I mean, I think it's going to prove to be a more efficient use of those jobs that are there. Yes, there is that risk that it could cut jobs, obviously. But um, I think, look, look the end user um, response time is definitely going to improve from this. I'm still slightly confused. How does this work? Have you tried this yet? I, I must admit, no, I haven't read no, into haven't, this story. No. So it's because of the Be My AI sort of functionality that I've got stuck in my head. I mean, we're not just talking, taking pictures here and, and sending them. I, I'm assuming we can have an actual conversation and ask a question of the AI itself. Well, that seems to be the approach here, right? Well, it does seem to be image-based, but I think the idea here is you can send an image of a problem or a challenge and get it resolved. Uh, obviously, if you need more information about a particular product or service, you can get advice on that as well. Again, we need to try it, but that would be my interpretation of this. Uh, it's not just about taking a picture of a, of a fault on screen and suddenly you know you well, get the answer. Sometimes there's no picture to take. If, yeah. if it's something like I, you know I, I, my activation code doesn't seem to be working, or um, my network connection is down, um, it, it's more. I, I just think, hey, there's so many questions I could simply ask, and it could quickly run through a thousand manuals and a thousand knowledge bases and a thousand FAQs and give me the answer. That may be all I need. I think that's more where this is heading. And, you know, I, I think about things like, simple things like, you know, how, how what's the narrator command to do this? Or, you know, how do I do this in Excel? And if it can help answer those questions quickly, and I'm not having to talk to an agent, and not that I have an issue talking to an agent, but, you know, if I can get through and get the answer quickly, then everyone wins. I think that is absolutely fantastic. So I really, I think this is a really interesting story. I'll be intrigued to to watch this develop. And again, you know, be my eyes once again, because in the news every week, it seems these days, which is just wonderful with these incredible announcements. And right at the cutting edge, I'm always so proud when we have Mike Buckley on talking about this because he's just at the cutting edge of all of this stuff for all of us. And he's speaking for all of us as well in these places. So I I think this is fantastic and it's good to see. So, yeah, I'm intrigued by this. I mean, let's see how it all shakes out. I'm definitely going to try this out. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And again, it sort of goes back to the recent OpenAI event, right, where they were talking, could this be one of those custom-made GPTs with its own custom-based data model, data set from Mm. Microsoft? I mean, are are we looking at one of these actually in action already? Very interesting. Other big story of the moment is TuneIn partnering with Humanware. And the purpose here is to uh, bring the app into the uh, more accessible format of the uh, Victor Reader Stream 3. Uh, So it's apparently now installed, according to TuneIn. um, And I haven't tried out the Victor Reader Stream 3 yet, so not quite sure how that would just appear unless it's through a software update it must appear. Um, But that integration allows you to access all of the various um, audio options, podcasts, music, all of that within TuneIn, everything that's available within that service. You can also log in as well, so you can sign up to the premium service if you wish to. Uh, I think this is more valuable to US listeners, possibly Canadian, 
I don't if find you a want huge to value to here in the UK. Games, then it's absolutely great. Yeah, because yeah. I did sign up thinking, okay, I use this a lot, and it was just very much sports orientated. So, um, yeah, yeah. If you love I, your hockey, if you love your football, there's lots of NHL, NFL stuff on there. I yep. hear that in every advert. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but that, but you know, TuneIn has been for many years at the heart of essentially the internet database of content, especially you know online radio stations and all of that. A lot's changed in the last few years with TuneIn because obviously the development of, well, in some cases, a lot of people taking control of their own content and saying, look, we don't want it to be on a general database. We want to monetize. We want to you know, have control over that content. So yeah. they create their own platforms and many, many others have developed as a result of that as well. So, you know, TuneIn is not the powerhouse it used to be. But you know what? Uh, one of the, the things about the Victor Reader Stream second gen was it's relationship with Utunes, which was where it got its basically its database of internet radio content from. Um, from where, sorry? Utunes. Where was it? <laughs> you, you know because I just said it twice. <laughs> I know I just love you saying it. You like me saying Utunes, do you? Utunes. Okay, I love yes. that word. Utunes just makes me laugh out loud every time I hear that name. Uh but TuneIn doesn't, so I guess that's good. There you go. So, so, everything's gone up uh, in my estimation. Tune in um, yeah, I love I love TuneIn. I mean, it's it's powered virtually every sort of radio streaming service, you know, smart speakers and, and everywhere. It is really nice. So you can read that story on the web as well, and you can get an update on what is in the new Victor Reader Stream 3. Uh, still lots of conversation around uh, Audible support on there and some other things as well, some stories we're looking into and we're investigating on this uh, particular topic at the moment. So... We'll come back to you with more on the Victor Reader Stream 3 and our investigations into content on there. I've got to say, I think in the US, generally all of these devices, all of these specialist devices, have more access to services on them. I think about the bookshare capability, for example, and local libraries. There isn't as much of that in the UK. I think certainly in Australia, I think there's more options, uh, Canada and in the US. But the UK's left wanting you know i mean there isn't well, for example really little. A, yeah really little but you know <laughs> we, we don't we don't have for example like a um an nfb newsline equivalent no. we do there is one in the uk called rnib news agent that does exist but mm-hmm. it's not built into these kind of devices and i don't quite understand why it really should be yeah i mean t- it's a huge selling one. point yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong i know it's not up to rnib to sell for humanware but you know it would sell the service because well, honestly, yeah, if you exactly. said to me, I can have the newspapers delivered every morning and I can listen to them in text to speech on a decent, you know, decent TTS voice. And I can do that every single day. Any newspaper I want to listen to for a set fee a year, I'm in. You know, yeah. I'd love more access to news. It's funny because when you think about access to news, a lot of people say these days, well, we've got more access to news content than we ever have. That's partially true. And there was a while when the web was fairly new and people were, you know, starting to put their newspapers up there and their content up there. The web was a little bit more accessible in some ways because of its simplicity, right? For those who could get on there and actually use it with a screen yes. reader, those who were actually able to do that were finding access to more content. And there was a period where we would say, hey, there's way more news online now than there ever was. I used, to, I mean, I did a, a newspaper show, a morning newspaper show for nine and a half years. And I remember at the end of it, when I'd, I came off the air, and the show continued on. I was moving on to other things. But I remember thinking, I wonder how long this show has life left in it. Because 
can a show like this continue? Can a newspaper show continue when there's so much access to other news from other sources? Without newspapers. Well, that as well, <laughs> there's right? There's something about hearing someone going through the actual newspaper and you hear that newspaper turning. It's like, okay, at one point, that's going to be a, a sound effect on a soundboard. Yeah, I know, exactly. Newspaper. It's not going to be real. You know, it's like, the, it's like when you get cash out of the bank and there's that sound of the, the money being counted out. Yes. But it's just yes. a sound effect. There's no yes. actual, no one's behind there counting the money out to you, right? Um, but I think, though, that although I had that concern, I don't think it's borne out to be true that actually the internet has taken over in that sense. I th- and, and there's a number of reasons for this, because more newspapers now are going behind paywalls. So you've got to pay extra to do. And I'm I'm, pro- I'm absolutely for that. I think journalists, good reputable journalists should be paid for the job they do. We have to have a standard. And the only way to have a standard is to pay for it. But I think that there comes a point where there is a challenge to us, where suddenly we had access, now that access is being denied. Unless you pay for it, right? Which is fine. Again, it's fine. It's not so but much we've the got accessibility issues. We've got all the other stuff to contend with. And how do I get that information easily every day? That's the key for me. It, it's that that the, these platforms are just splitting off, and we're getting to a case. It's almost like you know the let's go cableless, let's cut the cord. Mm. Cable packages are ridiculous. I don't want this, but I've got to pay for this and whatever. And we got our wish, but now okay, some programs I want to watch are over on this streaming channel, and some are not. Everyone's protecting their content, which means there's so many more platforms. And it could be, you know, it can be difficult to find exactly what you want. And I think, like you say, that's fine. But the challenge for us is making sure we have access to that content. Yes, you know. Exactly. So we, I, mean, I don't just mean in terms of cost. I mean that's another area, right? Because we've never no, just start paying for it. it. But finding <laughs> it, and you know, even if you go off an article on on X or you, you know, a Mastodon or wherever you you get your content from, you go off an article and you maybe go to a website, and the first thing you hit is a paywall. And you think, oh, right, okay, I've now got to subscribe to the entire newspaper just to get this one story. And more yeah. often than not, I just close it. I just close yeah. it. I'm not, yeah, I, I can't be bothered. And so I feel I'm being denied a lot of that. And and it's only because of, of the fact that, you know, I'm paying for this, but I have to, you know, contend with inaccessible websites. And the truth is, I just want to get the news. And if I could get the news on my Victor Reader stream the way that, for example, the NFB Newsline system works in the US, I'm all in on that. I am all in on that kind of option. So basically what I'm saying is, you know, come on, RNIB, you've got an absolute jewel in the crown service that is RNIB News Agent. Make it more available to people. Come on. I mean, it is a brilliant service. And it just needs to be more accessible. The website that they have to access the newspapers, I mean, it's, it's archaic. Yes. And it's not good enough. You know, it's not. I, I don't. I, I get. It irritates me sometimes because I think, on one hand, yeah, I, I, I get irritated not because you know it's like some people I know because I worked for the RNIB for fifteen years, so I know people get irritated by it for various reasons, some justified, some not so. But this is an example where you've got an excellent service, a truly excellent service, and it's just not accessible enough, ironically, to the people who need it. But it's being created for the people who need it, and yeah. that's something that could be fixed i think quite easily if we just you know just got on with it uh it's not like you know, it's, not, it's not like people didn't know about it so wow okay an early rant in the uh, episode there so um well done yeah. Stephen scott i know i wasn't even intending to rant about that i know 
just slipped into it naturally. Well done. <laughs> it's funny, we were talking with Mr F uh, just yesterday, weren't we? Yeah. Mr F. That's the one. We were. And uh, I was just saying, you know, there's no plan on this show. We, we, we start the show off. I don't, I, I, maybe I just need to stop being so honest with Mr F. I think that's the... No, he was, he said, I don't believe that. You two, it comes across so slick and professional. I want to see the scripts, he said. He said, sorry, Mr F, they don't exist. No, there's no such thing as a script. <laughs> and in also this that conversation never happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that was in your head. Um And also just a reminder, you can deck the halls with tech, according to the headline on the website. Um yes, you can put your prize forward or your pick forward for the double tap holiday gift guide. There's too many words to say today. That's my problem. So submissions are starting oh. to come in. Please oh. do send yours. Yes. Tech the halls. Yeah, take the holes. Take, take the holes. Right, we'll, okay. we'll workshop that one. Carry uh, on. Listen, we're almost halfway in. We should really move on. Um, I want to get to Callum's message. Um, in fact, you know what? Because we, we're a bit tight for time for, before the break, so what we'll do is instead of we'll come to Callum's email in just a moment. Uh, voice message, actually. You sent this in. I want to play it in because it's quite a lengthy message, but I do want to play it in full because it covers quite a few interesting points and it picks up on what we talked about with Matthew. Uh, yesterday following his email about switching from uh, the Mac to Windows. Also looking for your feedback on this as well. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Let's play in... (laughs) Okay, let's do this. So Kyla Golden got in touch. Kyla is one of the youth out there. (laughs) I say that with such disdain, and I don't mean to, but, you know, (laughs) just do. He's one of the youth with hope yes. and dreams. And uh, he sent in his, li- his, little new- yes, his little news segment that he wanted to, uh, us to feature. Uh, so uh, here's Kyla. Unfiltered thoughts and opinions from what's left of humanity. Oh, shoot! You're listening to Kyler Golden, for better or worse. Hey guys, Kyler here. Just want to let you guys know what's going on in the tech space. First of all, as we probably already know by now, iOS 17 has been out for a good while now, and there are, in total, 24 new ringtones and 12 new text tones for you to play around with on your new iPhone 15 Pro, should you choose to. The first time in 10 years, as a matter of fact. Kind of crazy if you ask me. Alright, please stop that. Anyway... Speaking of the iPhone 15 Pro, there's one feature that I don't get why Apple made it exclusive since it's just a single line of code, and that is a charge limiter. For some reason, why they couldn't bring this to older phone models, I have no heck of a clue in the world. Honestly, it's probably just a publicity stunt for the newer phones. I mean, why not? It's not like it's a stupid idea or anything. Finally, last but not least, moving on to a device that has an operating system that's an arch nemesis of Apple. Yeah, you know who you are. The Braille Sense 6. Absolutely amazing. And trust me, I wish I could just stop the story right there and we'd all live happily ever after. But. Big but, actually. They didn't release the update that they promised in June. Then they said July. Then they said August, and now they're just saying, well, they're not really saying anything. They're just being incredibly vague with me. Wow. Thanks a lot, guys. That really helps a lot. Even Apple doesn't do that, and they're a mainstream company. I don't want to have to go crazy and set up a whole web monitoring service like I did last year. Yeah, I know. I was insane. 
and kind of mad. Well, okay, really mad. Under-exaggerating is my job. Anyway, I take it you guys have heard enough of me complaining. Until next time. From the mind of Kyla Golden comes that audio. Um, I think it's best just to leave it there. There's no more I can say to that. Um, but no, nor me. That's <laughs> thank you, Kyler. That was very interesting. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, he's got more sound effects than us, which is kind of that, that leaves me in despair. I think though, I will say this. I think we got it the right way around because I think Mr. F might have preferred it if Kyler had those sound effects because he's in a what, my, what we might call a controlled environment. All right. Okay. Yes. Limited. Yes. Limited. If he was doing the whole show like that, I think Mr. F might have something to say. I'll tell you something, that'll wake him up. Mr. F. <laughs> yeah, you could have lowered the volume just a little bit, but it's but, but oh, very good. Oh, criticising his audio oh, mixing. Oh, eh? oh, after all that effort, <laughs> after all the effort of that don't, guy to send that in and you're criticising his audio levelling, you're a I'm disgrace, Priest. Please don't throw me under the bus about this. I am just saying it was it was a little bit startling for me, for the older people on this show, such as myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that freaked work. you out a bit, did it? <laughs> yes, yes, it did. Me doing a little checking. Um, okay, look, we'll take a break. We'll come right back. This is Double Tap. It's a tech show, honest. <laughs> This is Double Tap from AMI-audio. Email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us, 877-803-4567. And find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. Ah, soon to be cancelled, it's Double Tap. And, uh, yeah, thank you, as always, for getting in touch, sending in your feedback. I love the little audio segments that you guys come up with quite incredible um so thank you kyla keep it coming uh let's move on to callum's message because i mentioned this i feel like i've been teeing this up all week uh, but yes. callum has got in touch <laughs> to share his thoughts and uh, ask a question as well about making the move from one os computer os to another hey double tappers it's callum here just wanted to comment on a couple of things uh, i'll do my best to keep this fairly short that never normally goes to plan, but we'll see. Mm. Uh, Stephen, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, about taking notes with Lady A. Someone might have already pointed this out because I'm still a little bit behind on the episodes. So apologies if this has already been mentioned. But there is a way to do that natively. So if you just say to Lady A on the app or the smart speakers, and I guess this would work on the voice in a can thing as well. I haven't tried it, but I don't see why it wouldn't. If you just say to it, remember this, it will then save whatever you've asked it to remember in the notes section. So for example, if you say, remember Double Tap's phone number is 1877-803-4567. I've not even got that written down. I hope that's right, because if it's not, then that's <laughs> embarrassing. But uh, <laughs> if you said, remember that, it would then save that into the notes section. So you go into the Amazon, um, the Lady A app. Oof, nearly said the name. Um, so you go into the app, click on more, and then go to lists and notes. 
there's the shopping list and to-do list in there, as well as any other lists you've made in there. And then, but at the top, there's a, a notes tab and uh, all your notes go in there. I don't think there's a way to sync them up to like the Apple, the Apple iCloud notes app or the, the notes section in Outlook. I don't think there's a way to do that, which is a bit annoying. Um, there might be a way to do it with something like IFTTT, if that's still supported. But uh, yeah, you can you can do notes in in there, save them in the, the Lady A app and then do what you want with it from there, if that's any use to, to you or to anyone. And the other thing I wanted to ask about, and I feel like you two probably won't know this, but no, hopefully charming. listeners can chime in. Mm. I'm thinking of getting a new laptop <laughs> and I'm I'm more thinking of going down the Windows route this time. I've been on the Mac for about 10 years, but I'm thinking of moving back to Windows. But I really don't want to lose the um, the Rogue Amoeba suite of apps, you know, Audio Hijack and Loopback in particular. I use those all the time. So one of the options is getting a new MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro, uh, one of the M series, because at the minute I've got an Intel MacBook Air. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking of getting one of them, and obviously I'm going to have to use a virtual machine to get my Windows stuff. So if you do that, how does it work when you want to connect something like a Braille display? Because... What I've got at the minute, my MacBook Air isn't powerful enough to run a virtual machine, so I've got um, Boot Camp. And I can get my Braille display. I've got the Mantis Q40. And I can get that to connect to the Mac, no problem at all. But then trying to get it to connect to Windows, I just can't do it. As soon as I'm on the Boot Camp machine, I expected issues with Bluetooth because you've technically you've got the same Bluetooth identifier, same Bluetooth address, but then the host name is changing. So um, I kind of expected issues there, but I can't even get it to connect by USB. So if I plug in via USB to the Mac, it works absolutely fine, absolutely brilliant, you know, flawless. As soon as I boot into Boot Camp, and it doesn't matter whether I connect the Braille display before booting up or after, it just doesn't detect it, it doesn't pick it up. Um, so... How does it work with a virtual machine? Is uh, is my main question, really. You know, do you have to... The way I'm picturing it is that with a virtual machine, it would show up as two separate devices. You'd have two separate Bluetooth devices going. But then I don't know if that's actually possible. Um, so, yeah, any thoughts on that would be, uh, would be appreciated. And... Just last one, just quickly, on the iMac situation. No, here we go. I'm with Sean. I think <sighs> it is hey! it is pretty pointless for it. If you're just blind, you know, if, if you're, sorry, if you're, if you're totally blind like I am, then, or you've not got enough useful vision to see the screen at least, then, yeah, it's pointless. <laughs> the only thing that you've convinced me on and the only thing, the only point that I will give you is needing QR codes for things like WhatsApp, for example. And I think in saying that, again, if no one else has pointed this out, 
I think you might have just highlighted a flaw in something like the Optima. You know, that thing that we all thought was perfect. Mm. Maybe it's not. I mean, I know you can plug into an external display using that. So I guess if you wanted to sign into WhatsApp, for example, you'd have to plug into something to get that QR code. But, hmm, interesting. I think that could actually be a bit of a flaw. Because imagine if you got somewhere and you want to get onto WhatsApp, you haven't necessarily got a display available. Because I find with the WhatsApp desktop app, it'll randomly sign me out sometimes. Not very often, but just every now and again, I'll, I'll come onto it and it'll go, oh, you need to sign back in. Your session has expired. So, I mean, if it did that and you've not got an external display available, hmm, you're a bit stuck. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting thought. Anyway, um, hope the, uh, the thing about notes is useful to someone. Um, keep up the good show and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Callum. Um, I think I think you just made the argument for the iMac, as far as I could tell. I think I pretty much just made the argument for it right there. What right QR there. codes and WhatsApp. So the whole raison d'etre <laughs> for the iMac is WhatsApp. Is that what you're saying? Um, yes, that's exactly okay, what I'm saying. Good point. Well made. Thank I'm you. slightly um, slightly hurt, to be honest. We oh. wouldn't know the answer. I know. Unbelievable. How dare you? I know the answer to this. I actually am tempted not to tell him. Don't tell him, Stephen Scott. No. That'll teach him. Yeah. That, and obviously that's the reason I'm not telling him, just purely for that. I do know, I'm just not telling. You You are a hero, my friend. You are a hero. Holding on, back just just to, to stand beside me. Yes. Uh, I'm interested. Go on, what's the I answer I will tell this? you. No, I will tell you. So here's the thing. Uh, I'm not sure when it comes to VMware because obviously we're talking virtual machines here, right? So if you go down the route of getting the MacBook and you want to go down the virtual route, um, with VMware, I'm not so sure about this, although I think it's uh, customizable, but I know for sure on Parallels, one of the joys of the virtual machines now is once you plug something in, you can actually tell the, or the machine will ask you where you would like essentially the, the, the device to be sent, to be sent to either the PC or the Mac. Now, you can also go into the settings and muck around and actually say, look, this particular device, I always want it to connect to the PC side or I want it to connect to the Mac side. The software gives you that capability. I would imagine VMware has something very similar in it as well. Um, UTM, uh, which is the free uh, virtual machine. Now, you're more technical than us, Callum, so you'd probably like this and maybe get into this. I struggled with it a little bit, but there's like, even more you can do with that. You can even assign specific keyboards you could have, like, say, for example, a USB keyboard plugged into your Mac that is designated to the PC and then have a separate keyboard running at the same time to run the Mac. Um, I guess you could probably do similar with, with VM. I haven't done that. But it depends what you want to do with it. But you can switch between. That is something you can do. You can essentially assign the device in the USB settings to say this particular device always connects here. It's handy for things like webcams or headsets or anything. I mean, you don't have to have multiple devices. You can just tell it, I want it to be here or I want it to go there. But hang um, on. Hmm. But hang on, Stephen Scott. Yes. If you want to use the same device in both operating systems and switch between the two. So there are options with audio and video. They will, they can share. And you can share Bluetooth devices across 
the systems. You can do that. So it's not, you know, I think the, the trick with that is to have it connected to the Mac first and then it's available within Windows. I mean, a keyboard, for example, would be a good example of where that would work across the board because the Mantis is a keyboard, right, at, at the heart of it. The Braille display part, um, I would understand, from my understanding, it would work quite simply by just reading whatever web page, because it's just seeing it as an application, right? So connecting to it in that way, it should, in theory, just work, <laughs> he says. But <laughs> I, I think you might find the keyboard part for sure, the Braille display part, you may need to f- actually, therefore, with the Mantis Q40, designate it to either PC or Mac use. I'm not sure that's going to be suitable to you. If anyone, if anyone else has tested this, and I'm sure there'll be people out there who have, do let us know. Because real displays, they do add that awkward complication of the specific real display, how it works, um, and you know how will the OS react to it, depending on which one you're in at the time. It could even be a limitation of the Braille display itself, the, the the firmware in there. Because I agree with you, Callum, on a on a boot camp system, I would expect that to work. That should have worked, I would have thought, yeah. Uh, Here's a good point about the Bluetooth actual hardware identifier is is the Braille display saying, okay, this is, I've already connected to this and somewhere along the line not not performing a handshake to actually initiate. I have no idea. That is a a really interesting point. You're quite right in my case. I do not know, but I'm I'm very interested in this one because... I wonder if, hang on, I wonder if you could maybe connect the Mantis by USB... Can you do that? Can you connect the Mantis by USB to the computer? So therefore, the USB is the Mac side, and then you could set it up as a Bluetooth, so a separate device for the PC side. That might be a way to do it. Does it support USB and Bluetooth connectivity at the same time, simultaneously? Yeah, well, you'd switch. You'd have to do a switch on the Mantis. Oh, I see what you're saying. Switch, yeah. You could oh. switch between them. So it's maybe of not as elegant. Want it. Yeah. Okay. But that might be a way of doing it. And that actually yeah. might be easier then because you could use both. You know, it's essentially like, I guess, the way the MX keys works where you switch between different profiles, um, you know, from one device yeah. to another. Basically, we're proving Callum's point. We're we fumbling no around here. We have no idea. Good call, Callum. Uh, but I'm sure one of our <laughs> listeners will be able to help. So let us know. I'm just feedback. trying. I'm just a man. Tap. On Trying to. Um, anyway, <laughs> yes. Uh, and as for your uh, iMac point, it's moot because, uh, like you say, it's, um, you know, you absolutely do need it, clearly. And you need notes. a screen, so makes sense. Notes, good point. Yes. Um, I still haven't really used it for notes, but I do. I, I, it's because of my little dictaphone sitting on the table, but I, I kind of just <sighs> wish I could just shout it there sometimes and do it. But I will definitely investigate more into that. And, uh, you can also say, take a note. Yeah, yeah. You want. Reminders. That's quite handy as well. Remind me to do this. I like that mm-hmm. one. That's yes. always good. I'll, of course, unless you're in Do Not Disturb mode, in which case, I don't think it works. Okay. Um, <laughs> moving on. Speaking of actually, speaking of uh, Lady A, um, we have Lady K who is with us. Oh, nicely done. Thank you. Caitlin is uh, a longtime listener, but first time contributor. And she dropped us this email read by Laura which you'll then hear her follow-up audio message. Hello, Stephen, Sean, Laura and Mr F. I hope you are all well. I have been a regular listener since July, but finally have mustered up the courage to contribute. Yay. I believe I have found an easy way to buy things using Alexa if you have not bought them in the past and have put together a little demo on how to do it. 
All of the Alexas have been replaced Shh. with Lady A, so no one's devices will start buying things mid-demo. Lol. <laughs> love the show and have a wonderful day. Caitlin. P.S. Love the email song. Every time I get an email or someone mentions emails, it gets stuck in my head and brings a smile to my face. I even <laughs> told my mum about the email song and sang it for her and she thought it was hilarious. Hello, Double Tappers. My name is Caitlin and this is my first demo for the show. Thank you so much, Stephen, Sean, and the entire AMI team for making this possible. Today, I will be showing you an easy way to order stuff on Amazon using Lady A if you haven't ordered it in the past. So... What you're going to do is say, Lady A, search product name. So let's start with Stephen's example, which was coffee. Lady A, search coffee K-cups. A best-selling option is Krispy Kreme Donuts Smooth House Roast Single Serve Keurig Certified K-Cup Pods, 30 count. It's $15.97 with delivery by Sunday, November 12th. You can review product and seller details in your Alexa app before checkout. You can say, buy it now, add to cart, or next. 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 A top result is Tim Horton's original coffee blend, single serve Keurig K-cup pods, medium roast, 48 count. It's $30.99. With delivery by Sunday, November 12th. You can review product and seller details in your Alexa app before checkout. Lady A, add to cart. Okay, I added it to your Amazon cart for review. To purchase, say, buy it now. So, yeah, that's how you can add something to your cart. You can say buy it now, but I'm not going to because I don't need any coffee right now. But let's try that again. Lady A, search Google Pixel 7a. A top result is Google Pixel 7a. 128 gigabytes. See, it's $599.99. With delivery by Sunday, November 12th. You can review product and seller details in your Alexa app before checkout. You can say, buy it now, add to cart, or next. No, thank you. So yeah, when I'm done with her, if I don't want to do any of the options she lists, I just say, no, thank you, never mind, something to that effect. So as you can see, you can only get two options per search, but still useful if you know exactly what you're looking for and what you would need to search. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for sending that in. And like you say, mustering up the courage, although you certainly did not sound like you were nervous there at all. So thank you so much for sending that in. And uh, we really do appreciate it. And keep in touch, Caitlin, anything else that's going on. And like that, if anyone wants to send in any audio, that uh, perhaps there's a feature or something that you're using that you just want to share. And it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, even if it's something we've talked about, maybe we talk about it a lot. We get a lot of people asking, for example, like, you know, ask Sean, for example, to make a demo on how to set up and use Apple Pay. I mean, you know, there's absolutely no point, clearly, because he never listens. I knew you were going to say that. I just knew you were going to You brought that up the other day. Yes, I forgot. I'm only human. I'm just one man stood oh, in front of another standing man. Standing in front of another man while we're sitting 350 miles apart. <laughs> saying, I forgot to do the Apple Pay thing. Rooms. I will do that, by the way, at some point in the future before I expire. Before I expire. <laughs> wow, there you go. There's a there's a promise. Before I die. That's going to be the new segment on this show. Before I die, the following ah. will happen. 
On that <sighs> note, you know, you can now check your uh, account balance and transactions in the wallet app in iOS 17.1, 1, I believe. Uh, that may be nothing new for Canadian or US listeners, but for people in the UK, that's a new thing. You just need to link your account and you can check your transactions and balance in the wallet app. And that's what Apple Pay payments, things you've basically bought with Apple Pay, right? Well, that's, no, your entire activity on your linked card account. So, oh, for example, I see. You can see your, your current account balance and any transactions that's gone in and out. Not just the Apple Pay ones. It's basically a, a quick look into your bank account without going through your banking app. Oh, I, I did read about this. Yeah, there was a number of banks in the UK that were offering this as an option. I, I kind of wish Apple Cash or Apple Cash oh, or Apple whatever it is. I know. That that would be cool because the, the, the minute you know we were talking to someone about it was I was talking to Michael Babcock, good old uh, good old Babby, and um, we were having a wee chat about the uh, the whole kind of you know AT guys thing, and I'm saying, yeah, but you know if I want to just give you money or send you money for something, how would I do that? And he said, oh, well, it's PayPal, or you could just pay you know give me Apple Pay money. This wasn't, by the way, relevant to AT guys. I should be very clear on that. I think Gigi Meadow might have something to say to me if that was the case. Yeah, yeah, I just paid Michael. That's what he said. He said, just give me the money. It's fine. Straight, straight to him. Straight to yes. jail. Um, no, uh, nothing to do with that. This was a private thing between Michael and I. But I was saying to him, you know, if I wanted to buy this thing from you, wherever it was, you know, how would I get the money to you? Because the international transactions aren't that easy. And um, certainly not in the U- from the UK, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, there's different ways to do it, but it's all a bit challenging. And honestly, it seems like in the US, this option to with Apple Pay or Apple Pay Cash, whatever they call it, that is so simple, right? So if I wanted to send, say, say we were together in the States and you bought mm. uh, a coffee or something, right? And I said to you, Wouldn't hey, look, I'll pay for this. And you go, no, 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 oh, I'll pay yeah. for it. You can, well, half it and you can pay me it back. I could just pay you $5, you know, with your phone number. Yeah, and this is Apple Cash has been around a long time, yeah. right? And, and, and yeah, it's something I recently spoke to friend of the show Kayaker, who uh, was over in the UK. Not the original he, Kayaker, that's ET. No, 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 no. Sorry. Well, I mean, okay, we can let them fight that out. Um, but with big, with with big oars, <laughs> with with paddles. Um, oh yeah. What was I paddles, saying? What was yeah. I saying? Uh, oh yeah. Right. Sounds so like money. He, <laughs> He really, he was shocked that he couldn't pay using Apple Cash. He yeah. was really shocked by that. And he was asking me which apps to use here in the UK. It's, it's not easy. No, there's not that many of them. Some banks, you know, there have been services come along, but they just disappear. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be really cool if that would uh, turn up. But then I'm also kind of glad in a way that the Apple credit card isn't here. You know, I just oh, think yes. that's a huge... Yes, no credit cards, please. I, I actually want Apple to deny me that when the time comes, because I will apply... But I want you to deny me it. Are you listening, Mr. Cook? I mean, they deny do. They, they deny me any service that seems in stores, and then I get blacklisted, blacklisted. from the Apple Viz site. <laughs> so I, I don't know what's going on. It's like I couldn't be any more Apple friendly if I tried. They don't love me anymore. That's been fixed, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's interesting to see these uh, apps develop. I, I want to mention before we we go uh, just a quick thing because I, this is a question that comes up from time to time. I want to raise it myself because I am getting a little bit irritated <laughs> by this issue, uh, and that is GPS and navigation, and particular public transport navigation, because it seems to me there's lots of options available for us to uh, navigate around. I mean, I think about Apple Maps, Google Maps, 
Blind Square, Soundscape, you know, and of course, when you think about transport, there's Lazarillo, there's Move It, there's local bus apps and services for different parts of the world. And that's great. But is there is there a, a, a definitive list? Is there a specific one that people use? I'd love to get your views on this because I am really struggling with some of these apps. And I would say it's the in real life problem I'm having at home, sitting you know, on my couch, looking through the app, getting a sense of how everything works and everything lays out is fine. But of course, you're not in the environment, especially in a navigation app. You're not really doing anything beyond just searching through a list of places you could potentially go. You're not actually doing any routes. So you're not getting a sense of how this app will behave in the real world. For that, you've actually got to go outside. And again, that's fine. But I don't generally go out for a walk just for the sake of it. I just don't have the time for that. If I'm going somewhere, I'm going somewhere. And I just wonder, has anyone experienced any simple, easy, um, and, you know, I know there'll be different ones for different parts of the world, but there there are more generic universal applications. I mean, Google Maps, Apple Maps being the most obvious. Fixed. But, but what I'm wondering is, is there, a, is there a best one? Is there a best in class? I'd like to, I'd like to know people's thoughts on that. I, is it not a case of you just need to know where you're going? That sounds ridiculous, but let me give you an example. I don't understand bus routes. I don't understand tram routes. I I don't get it. A a number on a bus or where it's actually going to end up doesn't tell me if it's the bus I need to catch to get to the place I need to go. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It seems like you need to have some sort of mystic, magical knowledge of every route or every stop that bus is going to take to know if that's the bus for you. And it just confuses me so much. Now, that's obviously because I just haven't taken public transport that enough. And when you do a journey, you know, consistently, of course it gets easier. But it's that initial, if you're you're in somewhere new and you want to find out how to get somewhere or what, you know, what options you have, what is the best option for that? I, I, I know exactly what you mean, especially if it's in a noisy environment. You know, as you said, when you're at home, absolutely fine to flick through and oh okay this is cool i get it but when you're you know trying to navigate through a crowd and trying to listen and swipe through your screen at the same time it's a completely different experience now this is why when humanware sent me the stellar trek uh, i'm really intrigued by this it's not the first device i would have thought of in the past if you'd if you'd have given me this two years ago i probably would have said you know what just just keep hold of it you can have it, humanware. I don't really want to play with that. I, I, I don't think I'd use that. I've got my iPhone and it works great. Problem I've realized is, as more vision has gone, that I really cannot use these apps in any visual way. And I say that like it's a surprise to everybody else. It's more of a surprise to me. It would appear on a regular and daily basis at the moment. Uh, and I think, well, if I cannot use this app visually, and especially out and about, there is no way... I'm going to be able to um, to use it. Now, that's, again, it's not to say I can't use it. It's not to say these apps are unusable. It's just that I just wonder if there's a if there's a, almost like a key that needs to be unlocked in my mind to figure this stuff out. And I kind of just, I'm looking for a bit of support from you guys on this to kind of get a sense of what you're using, what you're finding good, what your, what your workflow is when you're going out. You know, what's the, because I realize there's a lot of preparation goes into going out as being blind. I know that. That's a big part of it. And I have to say, locally, I don't have much of a problem because where I live, I mean, 
I've always generally lived places where there's only been one or two buses on a route anyway, and all of them generally go the same direction. Where I live right now, there are two bus routes. One is a local bus, and one is a what we call here an express bus, which means it, it doesn't it goes straight into the city. It doesn't stop anywhere else. It just leaves the village and goes straight into the city. And that's a huge coach versus a very small bus. So sort of figuring it out when it turns up, although not every time perfectly, but, you know, <laughs> can kind of work out to some degree. And, of course, the good thing is there's so few of them that <laughs> yes. the upside of so few buses is that there's people usually standing waiting. Uh, so you can always get someone saying, hey, is this this bus or is that this bus? And... um and that's fine. And, and you know, there's also that aspect of it's a local service. So people, the, even the drivers, get to know who you are. And they will say, and they'll stop and be like, hey, Stephen, how are you doing? Here's your, here's your bus. Um, so that's good. But So that's not a problem. It's, it's when you're in places you don't know. And it's like you say, you find out there's a bus going from this place to that place. You've no idea what that means. It's like I, I was visiting my wife at her place of work. And she said, and I, and I said to her, I'm going to get the bus to meet you. And um, I could not find that bus at all. I mean, I was I was following the instructions on the app, could not find this bus. I get to the bus stop. There's no information that's that's accessible, and I'm 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 going and and of course I'm standing on a road where there are like twelve bus stops in a row, probably about thirty yes. to forty different bus routes stopping at each and every one of them, yeah. and it's like which one goes where? And in the end, I did that classic thing where I just called Ira. Just called Ira and said, help. I'm completely lost. And it turned out I wasn't even on the right street. Oh. The, the, the map took me to that point and said, this is where it is. I even looked ahead to find out where to get it. I was entirely in the wrong area. Um, and I don't know why. I, I don't know what that was. But I eventually found it, thanks to Ira. And I called you that day. And I said to you, I feel great because I got on this bus and Ira found it for me. And <laughs> thank goodness for that. And it's, um, is Ira it shouldn't feel as much of a challenge. The best GPS app. Hmm. Well, there's something in that. Well, do you know what? I, I'm really intrigued to play with the Stellar Trek. I really am. And I, I think I think for the first time in, in our experiences, we'll be both interested in the results of the tests on this. Yes. Because I wouldn't have thought this kind of device would be in any way in my future. But if this does what I think it can do because of its buttons and it was interesting someone said on a call we were on the other day you know one of the other challenges is you know we live in countries where it rains a lot and so you know using your smartphone out and about having your smartphone out as well that can be a danger in itself no so i know you don't believe that <laughs> clearly you don't go out the house um just but you know no, that, that facebook watcher on all the time maybe you want to watch some of the videos of the endless muggings people to get no, their phones no. taken the off the world's a beautiful place of course it is yes yeah. the touchscreen soon becomes unusable when it, it gets does. wet yeah yeah so you know this is a device with actual buttons uh and of course all that spoken feedback and a device that's built for blind people i mean it almost sounds perfect but is we it? will have to see. <laughs> Not see. Oh, here. Oh, sorry. Oh no. Oh, we've walked right into that one. Like uh, a lamppost. That's <laughs> carry on. <laughs> that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to add your suggestions for the Double Tap uh, Holiday Gift Guide 2023. Find all the information out on our website, www. 
doubletaponair.com. Keep your feedback coming as well to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us, 1877-803-4567. And we're on social media as well. Whew. Back tomorrow. Bye, Sean. Bye-bye. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.